all in all, though, I think everyone should just watch everything. Yeah. Never, ever should I be told never. Get those naked chickies in the <laughs> bed. It's my prerogative. <laughs> it's what I want to watch. And if I want to watch damn near porn, I'm my fucking right it's my brain and i want to rot it now <laughs> exactly let me <laughs> rot it at my own pace but i think you start this time all right welcome back to class everybody Mm. I'm back from my vacation. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, hi, I'm your fantastical professor, Ricky. Uh, hey, I'm Ethan, mate. All right. Where did you uh, Where did you vacation to, my dude? Yeah, I went to Hawaii for the Fourth of July week. Okay, that's amazing. And yeah. Jealous highlights. Did you get to see crazy fireworks over palm trees and ocean? I think you'd be surprised at how little we cared about fireworks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, a great experience all around. I think um, they did supposedly fire fireworks over like the ocean, but it, I don't know, like when you go on vacation and especially when you go to like the West from, yeah. from us, to me, it feels like you're up at 5 a.m. every day and you go to bed by 8 p.m. every day, like no matter uh, what happens. The senior citizen special. Honestly, like, like a decent day. Yeah. Uh, I can't do that over this way. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were not up really late enough to even see fireworks, but that's fair. overall great. We saw some really cool stuff. I could just talk about it now, or we could save it for a Patreon episode on the sidebar. Yeah, that is, some, that is some juicy sidebar content. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it to that. So if you want to hear all about Ethan and the boys trouncing around Hawaii. Oh, boys. Check us out on patreon.com slash ubology. But I'm your fantastical Ricky because I am finally neck deep in my, I will call it second D&D campaign because you, me, and Patbot tried to do that once, but he was way over his head trying to DM that shit. What do you mean that was great, actually? It was fun. It was fun, but we only had one session and it never went anywhere. Because it was an insane... Um, Commitment. Yeah, but it, like the uh, the twist at the end had us both just roiling. Yeah, that actually was a good... Like I was saying, he's a good... We were reeling. Yes. Storytelling-wise, it was poised to be a very interesting campaign. But, you know, he's busy doing robot shit, right? Right. He's saving the world with analytics and big data. That's kind of what he does. You know, we've got to <laughs> brush the dust off him every once in a while. Right. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's definitely fun, but I, I agree. It's a big commitment. Um, and I guess what's your campaign about anything cool right now? So we kind of are starting in a tutorialish dungeon. So our DM's very new, but he's doing a very good job. So we kind of taken like a D and D on rails for the first three of our levels. And then once we're done with this dungeon, he's going to then cut it loose. It gave him some lead time to start cooking the story up, oh. but everyone kind of was thrown into the dun this dungeon, a party of five. We are all on our way to a library to gain information for our own means, means we don't really know uh, what we're all going there for, but we all know that we were headed to the library. So we all have, do have a common goal, but we don't exactly know quite yet. We're not even really a team. We've only known each other for like a day. Ah, so like we, we've... The five strangers enter a library scheme. I, yes, I hear you. There it is, library scheme. I, I, I kind of wanted to do... Um, when, when Cyberpunk was coming out, I was thinking like buying that 
the essentially the DM manual for that. Yeah. And then trying to get a bunch of people together to play. That'd be sick. Because that it originally started as like one of those role playing games like that. Right. But uh obviously I think just yeah. playing Cyberpunk's probably better than that. Probably. <laughs> I I am a half elf rogue who is kind of a rogue by necessity, so his attitude is not like dark and brooding. It's very kind of like childlike, but he can snap into professionalism a little mm. too hard sometimes. And he just will be so mission oriented for just gold or the win. Uh, and I will dis- I will just be like, but when, once I'm out of like the, my uh, my mission mode, I'm just an absolute like fucking goof. Like I'm just a goofball. <laughs> and it's like, weren't you the guy who just like stabbed three people from the shadows a second ago and like didn't blink? And now you're like freaked out that I said something off kilter. Like it's a very weird dichotomy for a rogue. And it's having, we're having a good time with it so far. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's always fun to play. Yeah. You know what? As long as you're not DMing. <laughs> as long as you're not DMing. But, you know, I don't have an easy segue for this one. It is, it's a, you know, speaking of redacted, um, yeah. we, are, we are kind of going to go pretty hard on a topic that, you know, Ethan had brought up and it kind of spiraled out of control in terms of our own research. And we both have come at this topic from very different angles, which I think is going to make a very robust discussion of this topic. And that would be censorship history in japan and banned anime around the world we want to talk about you know anime as a medium has not always had the best rap and it's not just necessarily about you being a weird weird kid at school for liking it back in your youth more like historically it's gone through these phases of extremely niche subgenres and you know, very, very fringe fandoms for various reasons and its own evolution. So we want to talk about inherently through that history, you're going to get some things that are banned in certain areas of the world, or if not the world overall. But we also like Ethan had come and said, like, I kind of want to do a history of censorship in Japan to kind of get a full picture of this. So we did something I don't think we've done in probably years. Um, research. Right. Holy shit. I don't remember the last time we did. I think probably like genuine research was maybe the last mythology episode. The bleach one? Yeah. Yeah, that was probably it. And that had to have been more than a year ago. Right. So so. I actually, I semi got this idea because our friend Clyde, who has been on the podcast before, he had sort of delved into sort of like true crime uh, based on like manga. That's um, sick. So essentially like there's a story that he goes over on his YouTube channel. I highly um, suggest you guys check that out where essentially this guy held the manga industry like at large at rans- uh for ransom essentially by saying like, I'm going to send the anthrax any place that carries this specific manga. And like, holy shit. Right. Like, yeah. This wild com- story. If you guys have this comic, I will send you death powder. Right. <laughs> There's that. That's my exchange. That's my deal. How's that? So, yeah. And I mean, it, it goes It goes without saying that, like, there is some stuff that have been made almost explicitly for censorship and being banned because they want to go edgy. But some of this stuff is pretty wild and given parts of the, like, of the globe. So, you know, I am kind of stoked. So, I mean, we should jump into kind of the history of this censorship. Like, what is... 
what is Japan's history with censoring this show, like this kind of shit? Right. So I think there's another like kind of side benefit here is it's going to be fun for you, I think, to learn like my half. And then it's going to be a lot of fun for me to learn your half. Absolutely. So and that, before we get into any halvings of, of knowledge, we're about to dump on each other. Yeah. These are banned pieces of content. If you can put two and two together, we may and most likely will be talking about some very sensitive subjects because inherently, be it a cultural prejudice, graphic content, or a mix of the two, you know, we're talking about this kind of, uh, you know, really, really fringe shit. So just warning now that some, you know, sensitive topics may be discussed in this episode, but it's all from the perspective of these things are banned because of this, these, these cultures, not all of them, I think are in the right. And you'll see why later, but in a lot of, in most cases, these things are banned for uh, expressing or showing visually this stuff. So that's where we're coming from for some of this. So disclaimer over. Let's that get was some a good fucking history. Guy. Good job because I would never have put a disclaimer on this. That's so. fair. I just wanted to be. Oh no! But now I'm that, glad that I is, got you, the disclaimer. This disclaimer now lets us rip shit without. Yeah, go absolutely yeah. buck wild. <laughs> All right. So through my research, I found that Japan has actually gone through three distinct eras of quote-unquote censorship interesting um starting with imperial censorship from 1900 to 1945 whoa weird ending date huh weird that's weird how it just totally stops um, on that and year. it was basically like published media and films subject um that were promoting uh fascist national unity so like anything that would insult the emperor question the constitution undermine proper use of Japanese language, so Japanese oh, slang language. Wow. Um, or anything considered Anglo-American, now, which that could be anything. It says fairly random, so like they could just pick random things and be like, that's American, yep. get rid of it. Wow. Um, which makes total sense, like propaganda leading up to like a war, a right. war, or really the end of a war, if you think about 1945. Sure. Um, so that was kind of like the, the first distinct era. I, I don't have like a lot of examples from that section because it's really just like stuff that's disparaging to the imperial family it's pretty common to see in in eras of like in certain countries of that era of and even way before like do not dissent well i mean look at china now yeah right it's really the same thing yeah um and then there's a second era that whatever content i looked at called the occupation censorship Hmm. and that was uh basically americans occupation of japan so that's from oh. 1945 until 1950. Okay. Um, so in October 5th, um, 1945, General Douglas MacArthur began censuring... Uh, began censuring... Uh, the word is so hard. <laughs> Censoring? Censor, but censure is like a very close word that means something very similar, but not the same. Okay. So censoring Japanese newspapers. Unlike the Meiji censorship which was that previous one we talked about sure newspapers were not allowed to black out the offending portions um indeed mentioning the censorship was forbidden even in confidential conversations so this was a banning of censorship right well no you can't just redact it with like a black bar or something like that can't even exist Oh, oh, okay. So you can't just you can't even show that something was yes, censored. Yes. <laughs> you have to just never have said it. it in the first place, right? This Which is, is the, a weird distinction. This is a true god of censorship. Censor it before it even hits the page, right? So what he did is he he got books, textbooks, fiction, etc., that were patriotic, nationalistic, or portrayed wartime generals in a positive light. 
So like you got to remember, post nineteen forty five, they're trying to like quell the flames of war there, right? Right. right. Basically, make Japan subservient or you know more, let's just say, sub to basically sub. Yeah. You know, let's just say they were a ferocious foe. Yes. Um. He also <laughs> got rid of the grapes of wrath. It doesn't say why. And then uh, I don't know. I've never actually read that. I know it's like typical for people to have to read that book but I yeah never i think had. it was supposed to like instill ideas of like anti-establishment and wanting to like sounds right you know, go <laughs> kill some people like the phonies or whatever i don't know the whole thing about okay it. and then this one um this book actually i've noticed comes up in almost everything related to japanese um censorship it's called lady chatterley's lover have you ever heard of it that came up in my research a bit. It wasn't part of my examples, but it rang a bell. Good. That's perfect then. Okay. So this novel was determined by the Supreme Court to be legally obscene in 1957, after the case having originated in 1951. Um, the Japanese translator, Sei Ito, and the publisher, Kiyujiro Koyama, nice. were both subjected to fines and unexpurgated versions of the text could not be legally sold under paragraph 175 of the Japanese penal code. So basically was the book needing to be, you know, rewritten with things omitted from what the sound was? Like if you were to re-release this copy, it sounded like, okay, but it has to be our version. Right. You yeah. literally could not have the original version released in Japan. Damn. Um, and that was the paragraph... 175 of the Japanese Penal Code, which bans the sale, publication, and exhibition, but not the possession of obscene works. Um, and, and that... That's a, okay, that paragraph right there is very interesting, right? Yeah. That you can somehow have these works, but you, can, you can't have gotten it from anywhere. So we basically grandfathered in if you just had this shit. Well, I mean, I think that would be like really fucked up if you had it and then they just come in and arrest you and you're like what the I didn't even know I had it I didn't it. even know I had it it was in a <laughs> box I had it next to my Pokemon cards in the basement what the fuck yeah so I, I that's just interesting to me um that's really cool right so, so that's kind of like I think the basis for a lot of censorship that we're gonna see later on is this article 175 of the Japanese penal code um I think that they call it the obscenity law as like a kind of like a catch-all kind of situation or yeah kind of like a epithet or whatever yeah. um it's called the waisetsu butsu hanpu uh which means to distribute of to slash dis distribution of uh, obscene objects obscene objects right and so this penal code um has lasted obviously since 1947 and it's changed a few times over the years but um, it basically stipulates that a person who distributes, sells, or displays in a public or, uh, uh, sorry, displays in public an obscene document, drawing, or other objects shall be punished by imprisonment with work for, for not more with than work. two years. I don't know exactly what that would mean. <laughs> uh, a labor. fine of not more than 2.5 million yen or a petty fine. The same shall apply to a person who possesses the same with the purpose of sale um, constitutes, sorry, punished by, wait, what the fuck? Bad what? English. Bad. <laughs> uh, I love that. What the fuck? Bad English. <laughs> who, who possesses the same with the purpose of sale. Let's just cut it off there. I'll take it. Um, so basically, 
what that means is you can have this stuff, but if you are trying to sell it to somebody, it, it then counts constitutes like dis- Distri- distribution. distribution. Sort of like weed, let's hey, just say. Hey, sir, we noticed that your neighbor just sold you some smut. Yeah. If you like to bust nuts so much, how about you come for two years to bust some rocks in jail? How's that for a little bit of uh, R&R time, sir? I, I find that very interesting that you could just have these things. But that's very interesting. Holy shit. So, yeah, so, so funnily enough, that Lady Chatterley's lover was really like one of the main origination points for really all obscenity laws in Japan and specifically like in written and media and stuff like that. A strange nexus point to have there. Yeah, from a, from a British dude. <laughs> <laughs> British dude literally, um, literally wrote some smut and then changed the landscape of censorship law in Japan. Right, and then so st- still wor- working through that occupation um, period, any movie deemed nationalistic or patriotic, so like almost every pre-war movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the Mikado from 1939, banned until World War II because it could not be interpreted as... Sorry, it, because it could be interpreted as insulting the emperor. Okay, the, again interpretation yes from in that era it really seemed like the 19, 1900 to 1945 it was purely at the discretion of the government 100 like, percent. that well, was just it, what we say and honestly in this case 1945 to 1950 at the discretion of general uh, Douglas MacArthur, MacArthur. <laughs> um the men who tread on the tiger's tail was also banned because of portraying feudal values and then citizen kane because apparently what? it portrayed the United States negatively via MacArthur's opinion. Gotcha. Wow. So like it, early Japanese censorship situation was really kind of dictated by like a, either a sole person or a very small group. Yes. That's interesting. Okay. So um, I've got a, a manga section and an anime section next. Hell yeah. And then a game section. Hit me with leave animated, leave, leave animated last. Okay. Yeah. Hit the manga, hit the games. Okay, so two manga which were extensively gone over here were Barefoot Gen. Oh, this is, sorry, the modern era now. Okay. So that so would be we, anything post-1950 to now. Sure. Okay. Um, so ba- Barefoot Gen, which was not banned nationally in Japan, was um, banned from libraries at a local level on many, many occasions. Many occasions. Yeah. So with this, they try to get a ban more than once? So it's kind of one of those situations where like uh, American PTA would get involved and like ban it from a school. Sure. Um, and honestly, from what I've been able to tell, a lot of their bans that you see on some of these manga and stuff like that are really, they're targeted toward um, making them inaccessible for students or like elementary school kids to like accidentally run upon it, or yeah. they're like so necess- let's just say graphically violent that they think that they're causing like oh. violence. Oh, similar- barefoot, yeah, barefoot Jen. Yes. Oh, this is the really famous scene from the animated movie about this in the eighties um, of the bomb of the atomic bomb going off. Well, so there's there's something here related to. Um, Seeing legal guardians of children complained to the Central Library of the City of Totori that it was inappropriate to have a manga with rape or other sexual depictions in a place where children can reach it. 
So then the library removes the work there. That makes a lot of sense. That's kind of where it's this time from what it's sounding like where it's less about a political dissent and more about graphic content here. Right. Which makes, which again, that's a a natural evolution. Things inappropriate for children to see in some regards, it seems like. Yeah. And then there's this this other one called um, Emoto Paradise 2. In May 2014, this manga became the first work to officially be restricted as unhealthy in Tokyo. Under the 2010 revisions to the youth law, the Bill 156 amended to the Tokyo Metropolitan Ordinance regarding the healthy development of youth, which came in effect in 2011 for glorifying incestuous acts. So just, okay, I'm looking up these yeah. as you, as just to give you a bit of understanding of probably why. The first four links for Emoto Paradise 2, and there's probably some people that are listening right now like, oh, he's going to say it, is the Wikipedia page, hentai, hentai, hentai. Right. So th- there it is. Okay. So that, okay. I- interesting. Interesting. And the last one on this list, at least, was <laughs> Mish- Miss Hitsu, uh, which in January 2004, the authors Yuji Suwa and Motonori Kishi and Koichi Takada were persecuted for producing and distributing this hentai manga anthology in the first manga-related um, obscenity trial in Japan. Ooh. So, police reports found the depictions of genitalia and scenes of sexual intercourse featured in the manga to have been drawn in detail and realistically, with the censor bars meant to obscure the genitalia and sexual penetration being less conservative than usual. So essentially, like, it just was not a big oh, enough it was, bar. it wasn't censorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Suwa Classic. and Takeda pled guilty and were fined 500,000 yen, <laughs> which is about five grand yeah. uh, each. And then with Kishi receiving a one-year suspended uh, prison sentence, after appealing to the Tokyo High Court, Kishi's sentence was reduced to a 1.5 million yen fee, okay. which is... 15k essentially right he then appealed to the case uh the case to the supreme court arguing that article 175 which we've talked about yeah. a few times okay violated article 21 of the constitution of japan and his protection of freedom of expression in its 2007 decision the court upheld the guilty verdict including that uh concluding that mitsushitu or mishutsu whatever the fuck it's called sure satisfied the three-part obscenity test and was therefore subject to restriction after the convictions of Kishi and Suwa. A number of retail bookstores in Japan removed their adults-only section, a phenomenon attributed <laughs> to the chilling effect of the outcome. Now, hold on. The only thing I'm thinking in my brain right now is being summoned for jury duty that, that week, being on the, the jury for that case, and having to just witness evidence of highly detailed minimally censored smut just literally yeah sir can you tell me what's in this picture um that is a uh, vagina yeah. uh <laughs> yes and what is going inside of that um have you ever uh you know have you ever eaten octopus you know calamari oh, uh oh no so that kind of right that um oh no oh sorry that panel that's a little sister yeah uh, well oh, oh, i rest my case your honor i rest my case <laughs> So yeah, that oh, that's that's actually a funny thought. Um, so that was the first case, and most recently, and this is like 
not really necessarily a direct censorship or anything like that. Sure. Katakawa's president has been in hot water for essentially saying um, pro-censorship remarks, uh, basically saying that manga uh, publishers need to start increasing their standards or like limiting some of their sexuality or whatever expressed. Sure. So that Apple and Google books and all of those things could actually like accept manga. Okay. The logic is there, but I also don't stand for it. Right. So So he was, I guess talking in some boys magazine or something like that. And in already the wrong venue, but continue. And, uh, he had a pro censorship view, uh, and basically what ended up happening is like a th- millions of people or like hundreds of people went around <laughs> from like different, I guess, manga studios and, and um, other magazines and stuff like that and just bashed the shit out of them about it. Oh my God. That's which amazing. is really, really good to see, I guess. I mean, and it's so funny because you could definitely tell he's coming from a place of like an, like an economic spirit. Like we want more eyes. We want it to be the like in the literature options for the big boys distributing it electronically and the people that you would think like, huh? Yeah. Don't you want your manga on more digital shelves? They're like, fuck no. We want to show more titties and more paintists. That's what we want. Yeah. We want to show that. Yeah. So basically, you know, he's really just saying like, we need to clean up our image a little bit so that we can be more marketable, I guess. And like, I don't necessarily fully disagree with him i think there's definitely a place for both though is what should should be the plan here um but you know a lot of people like writers and creators of different shows came out and were basically like this dude's talking like he's not running the literal biggest publisher in in japan that was one of the one things Um, i was thinking too why don't you just put your resources into making shit like that and that's literally what they're saying is like you could enact this in your own company if you want to show us like how it's done and they're like basically saying you're listed on the first page of the Tokyo Stock Exchange. And, you know, I think it's going whatever you're doing is going well for you. Slaps right? knee. So Slaps uh, he was just they were basically saying, like, you're just trying to appeal to shareholders of like foreign capital. So like foreign money, essentially. And again, big, big thing with Japan. I mean, they do respect, you know, their like their own IPs as being what exactly what they want it to be. And if you are advocating on behalf of non-Japanese entities that could be pretty frowned upon. So, and then uh, another novelist, Mikito Chinin, said, if censorship were to happen, then Japan's manga and anime would lose all their predominance. Manga and anime are received well overseas because they were created with freedom and without consideration for what will do well there. Brings a damn it damn to my eye, man. It is quite dangerous for these kind of opinions to emerge from Katakawa. And so basically they're saying... As the president of a company, you can't be making remarks like this about an industry. Yeah. And so what he he had to go out there and basically apologize, right? But even worse, he had to do repentance. So um, excuse he me? will take 20% pay cut for three months between August and October oh, as wow. repentance. Bring on the waterworks. Yeah. That poor guy, that poor man. First page of the stock exchange, you say? Yeah. I think he'll be all right. I think so too, but I also feel like that is a lot of money for just like maybe a thoughtless sentence. Well, that's exactly why it was thoughtless. How dare you? Twenty twenty percent pay cut has got to be a lot of yen. That's yeah. I I don't know. You know what? Fine. 
one, funny they call it repentance. I'm just going to put that one right. out there. But two, I agree with the sentiment, right? And it's exactly what they said is exactly right in this case, right? If you have the means and the capability and the manpower and I don't know, a crazy big company, publishing company, show us how it's done. Prove it in the market. If you can make something that is internationally renowned and you clean up, quote unquote, clean up the image, then results speak for themselves. But then right. don't go out and bash people who want to write high school DXD. Like, who, who cares, right? Well, right. A country cares about that one in a little bit, but... Um, yeah, so, okay, now my last thing before getting to, like, anime is, like, either arcade games or, like, just game industry in general. Hell yeah. This is only, like, a few, so sure, sure. it's not too, too long. But none of the Mortal Kombat games since Mortal Kombat Trilogy on the original PlayStation have been localized for Japanese market due to excessive gore and violence. Makes sense. Pac-Man <laughs> was changed... Uh, this game, which originally was to be known as Puckman, was changed to Pac-Man in a preemptive measure to avoid defacements of arcade machines by changing P to an F. Uh. <laughs> well, that's actually something I never knew. I never knew that. And fuck man, fuck man, dude. <laughs> Let's um, play some. Fuck that's actually like cool trivia, that's, I, though. I that's think. a good trivia. Yeah, we changed it so they wouldn't be called. Fuck, man. Yeah. Uh, there's a game called No More Heroes in which the Japanese release had the blood spatter rev- removed and replaced with a black dust. Decapitation scenes are implied but not shown. Not bad. Scenes of missing body parts are, after having been cut off, are replaced with the same scene but showing the body parts fully intact. <laughs> also, its sequel, No More Heroes 2, Desperate Struggle... Had the violence toned down, whatever that would mean. Yeah, we're, I don't know. It's it can't be worse than China's attempt to censor blood. Yeah, was just white. too good. Uh, and then Fallout Three, the Japanese release, was edited to relieve concerns about atomic detonations. 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 Sorry, you're good. In inhabited areas, and Fat Man weapon as renamed to a Nuka launcher due to its relation to the real historical event. Thinking back, that is actually pretty fucked up. I've actually put in hundreds of hours into Fallout 3, and there's a, probably a lot in there with this nuclear talk and yeah. atomic this and nuke that, where, yeah, I could see that being pretty fucking touchy. Yeah. Okay, and then this last one actually drove me down a separate rabbit hole, so I figured, like, this is me just going Fuck fucking... Yeah, dude. Crackhead mode. Let's go. Uh, so in Crash Bandicoot 2, the Japanese release had a death animation that has Crash squashed into a head and feet, which was altered due to its resemblance to the Kobe child murders. Uh, what? So the Kobe child murders. <laughs> um, you instantly showed me the door to the rabbit hole. I'm like, you better give me a fucking tour. Because- right. <laughs> so um, they... Japan, they don't have like a crazy amount of like insane serial killers, but in this case, there was two uh, murders that they kind of call the Kobe child murders. So it's basically a perpetrator was arrested in June 28th, 1997 in connection to these murders and then later confessed to this murder and the murder of a young girl. Holy shit. Um, So this murder started May 27th, 1997 where the head of Jun Hase, which was a special education child at a school, an elementary school, Holy shit. was beheaded <laughs> with a handsaw. 
and chopped up into little pieces and the guy put his head on top of his feet outside the school with a note with a note in his mouth and the note uh basically said that he was a killer named saki kibara and the note said this is the beginning of a game try to stop me if you can you stupid police I desperately want to see people die. It is a thrill for me to commit murder. A bloody judgment is needed for my years of great bitterness. So essentially, he's just like flaunting this in front of the cops. Absolutely out of his fucking gourd. Right. And and while also uh, an extremely terrible situation and murder in general, I don't see how you could be like, yeah, somebody's going to totally know it's the Kobe killer murders. After hearing the the level of care preemptively put into fuck man yeah i this doesn't shock me too much because and maybe it's because like you said the lack of proclivity of murders of this scale something probably like the kobe child murders as a folk not even it's not a folklore but a thing now in the mind's eye of the culture it's probably such a standout Right, right, and, and so this guy actually he got into this like essentially feud with, with Japanese media because they kept accidentally misreporting his name, and so he just he kept sending letters back and forth to these stupid dummies, and he would misspell English words and like stuff like that. So it was just like kind of this really weird situation, and they, the police had commented the style of this killing, um, and the note was reminiscent of the Zodiac murders from San Francisco, which. Yeah. I can see the, I'm sure people listening to this, if you're American, have seen that movie and like know a little bit about the Zodiac killings. But uh, I, this kid, I guess, it ended up being a 16-year-old kid who was committing these murders. Holy shit. And his motive was thrill. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. Um, so basically, he, he just like wrote a bunch of dumb letters back and forth to, to these media outlets and to the Japanese um, educational system and all this stuff. Um, it's really pretty involved. Uh, check it out if you're morbidly intrigued. Yeah. But uh, kind of a weird situation there. But I just found it interesting that like something that n- not necessarily really that closely related was cited as a reason for like censoring that scene. And I mean, you know, it's it's kind of interesting to hear like this points to the level of you know censorship and regional sensitivity for international works like that so i it's it's curious that you know people um that are doing localization teams for works of art like anime uh you know just shows in general or stuff like that really do have to take the time and care to look into stuff like that because whether this was reactive or proactive Someone must have drawn the line between these two things, this animation and this tragedy, to a point where it's like, this makes enough sense to put work into changing that. So it's a very interesting case of censorship where I don't think I would ever have guessed two and two. So, Yeah, I wouldn't have put like two and two together, even if I had lived in Japan, probably. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I can't tell. But, you know, I'm not... You know, typically when I watch stuff, I'm not like looking for connections to historical events. I'm trying to just enjoy the fiction of it. I think it's also for me is that if something if something I were to see, I would deem insensitive in a work of art. I would have to if I find it insensitive because of my sensibilities. That's one thing. It's a subjective thing. But, you know, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever actually out 
outraged maybe a couple times, but it's more like I can't see any way you can slice this scene, this portrayal, this depiction that isn't going to be objectively like that's too far. Like I, I it would have to make common sense. I think the, like the fucking uh gore hyper gore movies like Human Centipede. Like there it's like are there people out there that fucking love that movie? I assume humans are are sick fucks sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. So, but I watch it I'm like this isn't for anyone. This just isn't for anyone. Like and that's yeah, where I would ever draw the line is something I like that. I just find it odd. It's like Crash Bandicoot doesn't really look like a human. Yeah, right. They're, they're, and let's insane. think about Crash Bandicoot 2. Pixelated as fuck. Like it's <laughs> yeah. basically uh, you can't even tell it's a freaking animal, frankly. Yes, he is a eared blob that goes whoa. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. I love those games, they're but I great. never would like I don't know. To me, it's just like a little bit too much in some regards, like this one specifically. And then actually, I recently watched all of season four of Stranger Things. Oh, I watched the first two episodes. They updated it recently to include a disclaimer in the first episode where there's a bunch of kids that die. Yes. About like it being graphic potentially for people from like with Uvalde or whatever the the shooting was down in Texas. Yeah. Where was that? That Yeah, it was down in Texas. Um, at that elementary school. Yeah. Um, and once again, you know, I watched the show and I'm like, this has nothing to do with like school shooters or anything like that. I, didn't, I don't think I saw a gun. There wasn't all. a gun. There it was all like, it was, it was all like, you know, telekinetic powers. Shit. Yeah, right. Um, right. so it's just like one of those situations where, where I genuinely feel like it's maybe a little bit too aggressive. I think there was a show... I guess the, I could see the child uh, the death OA, line. where there oh. is like an actual sh- like school shooting. Yeah, you that, could totally put that in there, right? Or like you know stuff referencing the Columbine or anything like that. I think that would be totally reasonable. But when it's just like violence, it's like guys, there's a lot of stuff out there where there's a lot of violent stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to like play on <laughs> like child shooters or anything like that. Yeah, I want to maybe at the end of this episode, I want to revisit that question: is that is it is it the responsibility of the creator to, you know, disclaim the kind of what I did up top of this episode? We're going to be talking about these kind of fringe topics. Is it is it my responsibility as the creator of that content to try to disclaim for any situation that could reach sensitive individuals and warn them ahead of time, or? Is it more the responsibility of those that would be affected by that content to then remove themselves from that when the disclaimer wasn't said? I go back and forth on it. We could definitely discuss it at the end. I don't know if you had any more game or anime nope. ones. Well, all that's left is anime. All right. So, I mean, now we're into the stuff that I did heavy research on. Um, I don't know if you had any key examples that I can jump off on. But, um, well, I mean, I, I, think, the, I think probably the most. Um, prevalent and ubiquitous examples of like an episode that everybody should know about being banned would be Pokemon uh, Electric Soldier Porygon episode. Yes, yes. Did you that, have any background on that? Not, not that episode specifically, but I had something about Pokemon later. Okay, but, well, yeah, it was infamous for its seizure-inducing strobe effects, uh, which affected hundreds of viewers, most of them children. After being aired only once, the whole series was put on hiatus in Japan for four months, uh, and the government required flashing effects like that to be toned down. The episode itself was banned worldwide. 
Porygon and its evolutions were never again seen in the Pokemon anime. Yeah. And I actually watched, I didn't do any research, but I went and watched that scene on YouTube, which you can still do. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I do not have any kind of photosensitivity in my brain. And I thought I had a tiny seizure. Like, just, right. just freaking out. I'm like, good Lord. Imagine my tiny six-year-old brain, like, just freaking <laughs> out at that shit. Absolutely, absolutely messed up. Um, but yeah, where I thought you were going to go is probably the most, in terms of a film, like an anime single piece, was Shoujo Tsubake. So I, its full name I have up over here is... Uh, I just Mi- feel like the Pokemon episode, everybody knows about that one. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the most famous idea, but that was like more... Not for the content, but for the sure lack of understanding of right. blitzing little kids' brains with flashing lights. Ow! Um, but Midori Shoujo Tabatsuki is basically a 1992 animated film. It's an anime film about a young girl whose mother dies. The girl meets a man who tells her she, he will help her if she needs anything. So after her mom dies, she goes and finds the man and ends up in the circus where she gets abused sexually, physically. And um, it's basically... It's banned literally around the world um, for its uh, child sexual abuse and unbearable gore scenes, and it's left viewers so traumatized, so much so that many of the original tapes were destroyed by fire, specifically. However, I was doing some research on this sucker, and it turns out that it was um, a... 2013, the original, an original 16 millimeter negative of the film was rediscovered in a warehouse, and um, they basically made that negative back into positives, and they started screening it in digital formats in Japan numerous numerous times, but never in a big run. And now, this uh, Harada's production company is planning to release a restored Blu-ray disc in 2020. What's also interesting is that it was made. I believe by one guy. Yeah. By one dude. And he, by himself, one man show, took his life savings out when he couldn't get funding. He hand animated this fucking film, like 5,000 individual scenes that he like animated himself. What the fuck was that guy cracked on? Cause like he like really wanted this movie to be made. Yeah. Mine says it's a miracle. It was even made as no one wanted to sponsor it. It took the author five years and his entire life savings to finish it. It did see a limited print run in Japan after the law was overturned. Uh, I guess it was like a law. Mine says it was only banned for 14 years, 14 years. That would put it at 2006. Yeah, like that. Um, see what I can find on that. Uh, yes. So, and there is a DVD version out. Yes, albeit with two short sections intended for audiences at live screen screenings omitted. Um, yes. So the Cine Malta DVD release happened with that, but the original was all burned. Basically, for many years, a videotape transfer of the film was all that was known to exist of the original, aside from the censored version that came out in two thousand six. And then they found the negative, the true negative in 2013. And they, they're going to, they apparently they planned and make a Blu-ray of it in 2020. So I guess you can, you can watch the whole thing. The original master. Yeah, it, it is unreleased. Or, Holy no, shit. It is released. I mean. Well, the times they be a changing, or at least they change enough for this thing to be around. Um, <laughs> another interesting one in Japan specifically 
Otsumatsu-san wasn't the whole thing. It came out, I want to say, in 2015. Someone on Mal had equated it pretty, pretty well, is that in terms of comedic satirical works, it is kind of to anime what South Park is to Western cartoons, albeit a little less successful. But it's got like an 8 out of 10 on, on Mal. Um, basically, the first episode was banned everywhere for including basically parodies of Attack on Titan, Naruto, Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, and a lot more. But and due to the copyright issues that basically it's, you can't really find, even on DVD versions, you can't find that first episode. Which I find very interesting because like Gintama or Jintama basically is one of the most well-known satirical shonen comedic things. Even One Piece, I, I'm not One Piece, sorry. I'm One Piece in the brain. One Punch Man, <laughs> um, pretty satirical in its own right. Where does the line get drawn? I've never seen this first episode, so I'm curious how like much they... If it's for parody... Because uh, parody is not covered under copyright law in Japan. Parody is subject to copyright infringement. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we've never seen that episode, so it's hard to say. Maybe they literally called like Goku and stuff like that. Maybe... Like, I, like to me, even... Like, the likeness of something can't count as copyright, probably. Sure. Okay. Maybe they got too close, too close to the likeness Too close to the sun. They might have just, like, fully they, put Goku in it. Just, yeah, <laughs> that's just not even Icarus. You just, like, flew into the sun. Yeah. You just didn't burn up. You just... You've bloody implanted yourself in the fucking surface of the sun there, mate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one was interesting, Excel Saga, another episode that was banned in Japan. It was the final episode. The whole thing is about secret ideological organization who wants world domination. It's kind of like this. Uh, everything is like fine. But the final episode is literally called Going Too Far. First and foremost, it was three minutes too long to be aired on Japanese television. But it, the reason why it got banned is not just that it was too long. It was so violent, so pornographic and so offensive that when contacted the director of the show, Shinichi Wat- Watanabe actually threw up. <laughs> you know, he actually said, I purposefully made this last episode to get banned because he wanted it to be daring and unforgettable. So you can get you can see it on DVD. But again, it's it's a director that was just like it had very much like the uh, uh, Shoujo Tubats- Tubatsuke's on the brain. But he's just like, I'm going to do this one episode and just fuck with it just just the whole thing is more like a sci-fi maybe maybe harem romance and then the last episode is just this smut film of just shit um it's like um what's that fucking show we watched archive 81 a little bit a little bit like the very last wait the very last episode no the like the whole show is like revolving around that that smut film remember oh yeah like yes the the circle or whatever yeah, it's yeah. called yeah yeah um <laughs> that's just basically funny. yeah so Death Note banned in China. Um, it's considered to be a uh, corrupting influence on kids. Um, basically, it's the show's about death, justice, murder, and violence. And I'm not really sure exactly, I guess outside of the, uh, um, I don't know, gruesome nature of it sometimes, I, I think just China being China. Attack on Titan's kind of in that same boat. Um, but the one I wanted to bring up that I found really interesting was a couple that were a little more obscure. Um, there's one anime called Hetelia Axis Powers. It's a comedic historical show where every character represents a country and the role that they played in World War II. And 
this was not banned in maybe where you think in Japan or in Germany. No, it was banned in South Korea. And it was banned there because they hated the idea. They branded the show on the grounds of offensive stereotypes for the way that their country was depicted, which I think they, I looked at all the characters. They're not even listed on the wiki. So I don't know where the fuck they get off, but they called the show a national crime for watching it. <laughs> like literally this could be like treason. Like what the fuck? And it <laughs> continues to air. The characters and all the references to South Korea were completely removed due to backlash. So just South Korea got its existence plucked from a show about World War II and silly characters. Which as far as I can remember, I don't think they did jack shit in World War II. That's what made me so, you know, chuffed to hear this. Like, oh, they must have been just brought up once and they're just like, nope, treason. Watch it. You watch it. You're so done. Korea and Japan have a lot of consternation toward each other. That's probably where it all begins. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then maybe it's just like, one step too far. You've broken the camel's back. <laughs> I've got a, a couple interesting ones. So a lot sure. of um, anime networks and networks in general in Japan decided to self-censor themselves along the lines of uh, sort of that Stranger Things censorship I talked about. or you know, So they'll like recut kind of in a way for themselves. Well, yeah, just like uh, basically in the resultant aftermath of a event uh, event right, right right some crime that they've yeah. done something to some episodes so uh one notable example was on the 18th of september 2007 higurashi when they cry and the finale of St school days had their television airings canceled due to their violent content mm. after a 45 year old police officer was murdered by a 16 year old daughter with an axe damn so it seems to be like a lot of times these things will happen, like violent events or murders or whatever, and for for whatever reason, they'll kind of use anime or some violent show as like a crux, crutch to essentially blame it on. Actually, pulling that back a little bit to those Kobe child murders, um, they uh, basically said... On, two seconds. Go for it. Movie, uh, a Japanese politician after those murders named Shizuka Kame called for a restricting of objectionable content, stating movies lacking any literary or educational merit made for just uh, made for just showing cruel scenes. Adults should be blamed for this. This incident gives adults the chance to rethink the policy of self-imposed restrictions on these films and whether they should allow them just because they are profitable. Basically, he's hmm. claiming that stuff that's just insanely violent for no reason is causing murders like that's Kobe child murders. Yeah. And it's, it was brought up a lot post, if you recall, Columbine. I think we're actually both too young for that, but just we barely. do know the aftermath yeah. where they blamed it all on Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Now... There's always a boogeyman, right? Like, like we had in the '90s, like we were we were old enough to, I guess, catch wind of that. Where video games cause violence, the yeah. old GTA shit. Yeah, I want to go run down some people on the street, then run from the cops. You know, it's funny. Yeah, that's horseshit. But <laughs> they picked the worst games in the history of the world to claim it was like the cause. Right. There's some insane. There's literally a game called Postal, and Postal Two. Those were actually banned. Yeah, but like they're also like the worst graphics on earth 
and they were still yeah. they were still claiming that was getting kids. I don't know, man. So here here's a really interesting one. This is one of my favorite ones. It made me and my me and my roommate laugh our ass off. Pokemon, not just one episode, not just one season. All animated Pokemon is banned in Saudi Arabia. And here's the reason why is that the religious authorities of Saudi Arabia declared that Pokemon promotes gambling and Jewish sentiments. Since then, they have been many, there have been many conspiracy theories revolving around the show claiming it to be a Zionist conspiracy. Therefore, it was banned outright. The entire animated series, and I want to say even most of its IP, was banned in Saudi Arabia. Honestly, I what think we should fuck? stop this episode and just delve into that. Holy shit. How right? in the hell is Pokemon a, Zionist? A Japanese, a Japanese yeah. property from its conception linked to what already bullshit gambling. Hey, you know, you know. How? Like, they don't uh, win anything. It's, Experience I, points, I guess. Trading, collecting—I don't know. You, you right, you right. Like, yeah, because they don't—they don't collect children over there. I'm sure. Joy, I mean, that's what I'm saying, right? Is that they, maybe they're projecting? Like, right. oh, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. And then the, the Zionist uh, propaganda sentiment? is so wild. What the fuck? Like, in what? I don't understand. Maybe I don't have enough, uh, like, acidic knowledge to understand. I, I maybe a basic knowledge of it and i'll be honest i don't see I, it i don't see it i so i don't understand <laughs> any of that but that's a, I, I looked into it further 100 percent true rip saudi arabia yep. honestly they, they and you know what they'll never catch them all not 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 now catch them all gotta catch them all pokemon so they're all the other ones are kind of basic and violence i mean there's high school dxd was banned in new zealand Obviously, <laughs> yep. It's basically the show is very sexual and shows a lot of nudity in certain scenes. And um, yeah, it does. So it's they, they New Zealand banned it uh, for a sexual harem theme based around high school kids. Frankly, there's a lot of these where like children and sexualization are the cause of banning. I mean, there's um, you know, there's one called Puny Puny Pomi. It banned also in New Zealand for hey, let's probably not sexualize twelve year olds. That'd be pretty sweet if we stopped doing that. I, I'm, you know, in New Zealand, I'm with you there. <laughs> Oops, Japan doesn't have a choice. <laughs> Teehee. Um, so here's another couple, couple ones that were a little bit um, odd. I had to do a little research into this. So these are specifically in America that were banned. Um, Transformers, Robots in Disguise. The first episode of this show that I went and pulled the date for, it came out in... Um, so, okay, the first episode was banned in, for circulation in North America, and the reason being it had showed Optimus Prime crashing into a skyscraper. That episode aired September 8th, 2001 in America. Whoa. That's, what I was, was like, that? So, the first episode of Transformers Robots in Disguise aired September 8th, 2001 called Battle Patrol, First Deployment Fire Convoy, and it depicted Optimus Prime crashing into a skyscraper. Two of them? Just, I guess, just the one. Did George Bush create this anime? Well, he was, Optimus Prime was shown being full of jet fuel <laughs> right before. Oh, interesting. Right before it happened, so. 
Oh, comedy is tragedy plus time. Um, basically, did it yeah. melt the steel beams though? It's exactly what. It's exactly what happened, and I. Yeah, that's why I was banned. And I mean, that's just that's just shit timing. Yeah, prophetic, right honestly. So there's that one is interesting. Um, Paranoia Agent actually was banned for a while, which which I found pretty interesting. Um, so basically, it was banned because of disturbing yet fascinating themes, and it was deemed unsuitable for television broadcast in Japan. But it was also banned in the United States for a short while before retelecasting the edited and censored version. So maybe we uh, maybe watch a censored version for our shit. Who knows? Uh, um, what was in it? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Just pe- people getting beat over the head with a bat. I think I saw that. So yeah, I guess maybe we saw the unedited, unedited version. That'd be pretty sick. Um, well, I to- typically don't want to see a super like worked on censored version of Japanese anime. I would say because it is like very distracting in its own right. Yeah. Like a big ass black bar or something <laughs> like floating across the screen is a little bit hard to watch. Oh. Sorry. I doubling back to that Pokemon thing, I looked at another re, another resource that its encouragement in the belief in evolution as a as an aspect of nature was a big part of it as well. So they believe I that, literally did not know that Muslims didn't believe in evolution. I think necessarily just the council of the senior religious scholars, which is what they call themselves. And, um, the basically all the, and the symbols that promote Shinto Japanese religion and Christianity. Again, I don't think I Shinto. Sure. There's a lot of Japanese mythology imagery in, in Pokemon. Fine. But is there? Christian, oh yeah. Other like, than ho like, uh, Oh yes. I mean like, um, a lot of like ghosts uh, come from, you know, Shinto lore and like, a lot of the ghost Pokemon come from that. Um, I know, like, there's like mythical creatures that like Kappas or kind of like Ludokudo, um, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's there. I mean, there, there's a lot of little imagery of that. So, it's hard to believe that some rando, like, religious leader from Saudi Arabia is like doing all this research. <laughs> you know, Ludikulo really looks like this. You know, I don't know. That, something's, not, something's not quite right there. Something's not uh, adding the fuck up. Uh, one that I found really interesting. Um, I think we were just talking about it in the Discord. And uh, you ever watch Ultimate Muscle as a kid? Nope. Uh, I watched the shit out of it. Um, I think it's originally Kinnikuman. Uh, Kinnikuman's uh, Journey, Ultimate Muscle. In, in, uh, it was on Foxbox slash 4Kids. But it's banned in France for a very specific character. A guy named Brocken Jr., he is portrayed as a good Nazi. Oh boy. Which made a lot of people uncomfortable. To explain, he wore a Nazi uniform uh, due to his father being a German Nazi, but did not adhere to any other beliefs related to the ideology, but he still wore the Nazi uniform as his character. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So the entire show got banned in France. Honestly, horrible take from the Japanese there. <laughs> uh, that was not well done. I don't really understand what they're not the only only one to find it uncomfortable um his toy <laughs> weirdly enough his toy never sold in america so <laughs> so strange um, interesting yep and uh nintendo games uh often ignored him as a character and eventually i love this line eventually the manga changed its design as well with him no longer wearing swastikas weird Good for y'all. There you go. I mean, I mean, 
<laughs> you're just gonna cave to all the pressure. I guess. <laughs> I I guess. I mean, who, who in the right mind thought that was gonna be a good idea to begin with? Just barge into the writer's room, no sleep for two days. I got it. I New character. got it. His name is Brocken Jr. Okay, he's kind of mechanized. Pretty sweet His name cyborg. Is Madoff Schittler. What was that? Madoff Schittler. Is that? Are those swastikas on his outfit? Yeah, of course. Did you run this by legal? Oh, it, it, we already. This is it's already out. <laughs> I am legal. <laughs> I am legal. This is already out. Like uh, we're on issue like seventeen. Yeah. I, what do you think I've been doing for two days? I've been drawing him into every <laughs> one of our one of our hard copies. Oh shit, that's that's so dumb. Icky. Um, yep. Yeah, and all the other ones. I mean, this. Uh, there's some one one in Norway. Kite. It's called kite, and that one's pretty popular. But it's only Norway, which is very strange. Um. The victim is a protagonist who is a minor and is sexually abused in graphic scenes of sexual assault. And due to Norway's laws against child pornography, which the entire film has been banned, um, and the, the rests were you know what censored. I'm going way out on a limb here, and I know uh, that this is going to cause a lot of consternation. Okay, I'm with Norway on this. Wow, I know, really hot take. I brave. Brave is yeah, all I I'm can so say. Brave. What a brave thing to say <laughs> yeah. on mic against child pornography. I'm extremely on Norway's side here. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of that, this is kind of interesting. I thought so after that um, that article 175 of the Japanese Penal Code, which was enacted in 1907, they obviously didn't have like a good. Uh, in 1907, they didn't obviously know some of these things would come up, right? It was basically sure. like traditional media that they were worried about. But as the years go through, you know, when anime starts getting a little frisky, uh, you know, right. some of those original bands that we talked about and like the earlier stuff, um, certain mangaka and artists try to get around some of these rules, huh? How so? So in um, after 1991. Depiction of pubic hair was forbidden. That's weird. Which drew people and series such as Lolita Anime and Cream Lemon, which I don't know what that means. I already don't like it. To use sexualization of children as a loophole. <laughs> okay. That's, Smart move, right? <laughs> that's the fucking dumbest thing and, I have ever heard. Like, like, shit, we can't draw pubic hair anymore? No more bushes? What do we do? Kids. Hold on. Hear me out. Yikes. What if we draw them pre-bush? Right. Like, before pubes. Pre-pubescent, almost. I would say certainly that. Yeah. How about we do that? Mistake. That's an awful thing. And then, Bad boom, Emoto, Emoto Princess. Here we are. And God, then fucking um, stupid. The use of tentacles in series such as Orotsukidoji enable the creators to avan uh, avoid a ban on displaying genitals. Now, see, this is this is this is where it honestly comes from. If you didn't know, like, oh, the oh, like tentacle porn. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, fucking throw the kids out. I don't give. I don't want to talk about that anymore. But the tentacles, the tentacles. <laughs> I'm actually like, not interested in, interested in tentacles either, but uh, I think it's okay. Look, it's creative. It's not like you know. It's it's an interesting solution around a problem. And um, you know what? I'm going to go on a limb here. I am I am pro tentacle for the use of people who may need that. Uh huh. Who just I need to. Well, I need because look, 
they're still making this kind of adult content and they're just swerving around laws. I'm curious, where do we go from here? How do we elevate the craft of smut? And sorry, how do we elevate it away from children and more into tentacle? How do we get more tentacles inside of our yeah, comics? I don't know. I think it's an interesting, I guess, question because... Like, will always be found around. Well, right? you know, going back a little bit to some of those you know situations i talked about where it'd be like a pta or whatever going to the government or the local government being like look we don't necessarily care about this being you know existing in general but putting it in my kids elementary school library is a little wild that is uh for, for some of those say. like early manga like it makes total sense to me i th- i think it should just be like like really any other content like that where like once you're 18 like good luck kind of thing yeah. game on um, I think even regardless of like tentacle or no tentacle, but I do think anime seems to take a very um, loophole <laughs> approach to like children in like sexual situations. And, and I think, yeah. you know, we talked about it before, like their age of consent being 13. And I genuinely think that's maybe one of the main like nexus points for, for, for like problems to, to arise. Is like if you if you consider like thirteen year olds like consenting adults, like a lot of the shit that you see in shows would then be like reasonable. And it's funny, man. And it's really like, not. No, no. That's all. That's what I'm saying. the The very objective truth to a lot of this is it is more prevalent than I think people are willing to admit. And I think as fans, reconciling or at least making peace with knowing that, like, look, this this is a bit rampant you gotta have to have a mind about this kind of thing right is that you know we talk about how you know in the community like like best girls of the year waifus of the year guarantee half of them are under 18 like just by merit uh, and and sorry to sorry to say i mean like it's it's weirdly that is like part of it well how do you reconcile that and while people are like we're censoring this for displaying acts of sexualizing younger characters like this and yet we have this dichotomy of that mixed with you know i don't know my dress up darling marin's like what 17 which is a full adult in japan right so i think that how do you how do you as a fan an international fan reconcile with oh it's tough di- with marin my friend see that's what i'm saying uh, right is i, I that- think they just depict them as being so adult and that might be like a japan problem specifically well i mean there's certainly plenty plenty of shows in and movies i think in in america where you know the, the young shit, child yeah. is depicted as like some like older model and it might just be like a showbiz problem in general. I think. Do you like recall any of like the Millie Bobby Brown shit, the Stranger Things star? Yeah. Like at thirteen, she was dressing like a full ass adult. You know what I mean? Right. And she was like, you know, text conversations with Drake and like just weird shit like that. And it's like, like exposing children to these like extremely like adult situations and like dressing them up to be more adult, like really puts them in a bad situation. Mentally, it is completely unhealthy right. for that. It's like a formative period of your life. And if, you know, and I think it's interesting because it can go the other way. I, and I know it's an, an odd example. I'm thinking Mean Girls, the movie. Lindsay Lohan 
was definitely not a high schooler in that movie, but she was playing one. That was absolute peak dime piece Lindsay Lohan playing what looked like a freshman or sophomore transfer into a high school. And like, that's the thing. How old was she in the movie? I'm pretty. So I I don't know. She was in high school. So I don't know. Uh, All I'm all I'm saying is you maybe be right that it's a it's a showbiz problem in general that that say um and sometimes they take it extremely too far and the world will lash back. I mean, there was that famous. He was 18. She was 18 in the movie as her character. Her character was 16. Gotcha. Oh, shit. She was 18. Well, that is. I need to sit with that one for a while, but I guess. Well, I don't know. I I think if um, I don't know. Like, for instance, that that show I watched recently, The Fruit of Grisia, yeah. remember? Like, yep. it really fucked me up for a lot of reasons. But, like, if they depict, like, sexual abuse and stuff like that as being bad, like, I feel like for some reason that makes it better for me where it's like, this shit does happen and, like, acknowledging it and, like, maybe the psychological effects of it on characters could be necessary like not necessarily like horrible like it, it is like i don't know if art's the word i'm looking for but it's like almost cathartic in some regards because like this shit does happen it's a social validation right. that you thinking this is wrong is is it's right obviously corrected it's <laughs> right. right but it's it's not even it's more than that it's it's important that context is um is imbued when talking about these things because Yes, seeing those things can be triggering. Seeing those things can, you know, uh, for certain audiences be quite traumatic. But I mean, if a show and that's where the differences between some of these shows and that are and are not banned like lie is some of these show it for showing its sake. Other shows will show, you know, the the ills and the obvious atrocity that that is by other characters, you know. Um, retaliating revenge show like literally this is not okay so I don't know I I think it goes back to the question of like at what point is it okay to talk about this in an objective light to understand and recognize that yeah I think I go back to like My Hero Academia like there's a there is a lot of sexualization of very young characters in that show and a lot of people were just like, oh, it's so hot, this, so hot, that. Like, okay, that's fine if we're all in agreement that this is coming, that this is coming from a culture that may find a little bit more okayness with that, and yours may not, right? You just have to reconcile with that difference. How do you, how do you, how do you, when you start thinking about it, it starts to get really hairy, right? Yeah, it's tough, certainly. Um, so, I mean, um, but it, it all goes back to the question, is it us, the content creator's responsibility to disclaim these depictions or these conversations we're having right now? Is it something we should take upon ourselves to disclaim that they're there? Or is it on the receiving end's responsibility that once exposed, remove yourself? Um, I th- if need be, I think like the rating system that every government has created isn't necessarily all that bad, really. Okay. Like I think just giving like let's say criteria to rated R movies and like sticking with that, and then just if it is rated R, you rate it as R, and then you let it release. Like I think those kinds of things make total sense in this scenario. I mean, and Netflix does it too. It's like, hey, this is 
TVMA for here's a little list right, right. here up top. And I think, yeah, you'll see like sexual depictions. You know, a lot like, of times it's like not related. Like I've seen nudity pop up on like um, a lot of Amazon Prime movies or shows yeah. and stuff. I don't know if it means like at some point in the entire show, you're going to see, you know, a tit or, or if it's like <laughs> Might, maybe a rogue tit off right, to the right. side. Yeah. Or if it's like this episode has this, you know what I mean? Cause like sometimes I'll watch it and I'm like, none of that existed. Like what the hell? Like, yeah, it was violent. But other than that, like I didn't see any nudity at all. Yeah, right. I didn't get what I paid for. <laughs> Wait a minute. You said there'd be nudity. <laughs> and then you have shows like the boys where it just says nudity. I'm like, that's a fucking understatement. Yeah. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Um, but mostly that's just like people not existing anymore and like half their body laying across the... <laughs> yep. That's that's usually about right. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Oh, Billy um, the Butcher. Billy Butcher. Like Bitch. Fucking cunts. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, censorship's a funny thing. Being banned in an entire country is also even wilder to me. But it's... It is at the discretion. I mean, like, there's an, an anime is rife with that kind of shit. It's like, it's kind of what you said uh, up top, right? Is that anime was popular because of its freedom of expression, because it's willing to depict stuff that couldn't be real, that wouldn't be touched. And maybe I think that might have, I not might, did contribute to anime's adoption in its early heyday. And I don't think it could, it could have been mainstream without that era of really pushing that envelope yeah i mean i definitely think that's true but uh you know i do think there there's certainly occasions where it's taken too far um we actually recently talked in in our discord um about uh rent a girlfriend i don't know if you saw me post that where the author claims that his main character girl is his girlfriend like and that's kind of why i you know, originally wanted to do that episode eventually, I guess, where we talk about Renner Girlfriend season one, I guess now too, where it's like, I don't think this is a healthy fucking show thing for like yeah. dorks in Japan to be watching. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, when when you're showing that this could be a reality. Right. This could and be then- you. You could date this banging chick. All you gotta do is pay her a thousand dollars a month. That sounds suspiciously like a profession, right. I know. But here's, and I think it's funny because, like, at, I was on the fence and I could, we can have a conversation with the logic of where you come from. Is like, yes, I see where your point is. But look, well adjusted folk can still understand it's fantasy. Then this author shit. But that's what I'm saying. If the author himself is fucked in the and head, and there you it go. makes you think, like, this clearly wasn't meant to be well adjusted. Right, this is meant so, for people that are fucked in the head, and now people that are like, and now just like raise the bar of people that would be like, wait a minute, so are you telling me that this could happen right. to me because the guy who dreams it up believes it too? Right, that's that's a that is a form of psychosis. That's not I mean maybe oh, that certainly. is that is psychotic. So, <laughs> I you know some things maybe should be banned. <laughs> uh, I don't think it should be necessarily banned. It's just like maybe disclaimed. I don't know about this. I just think it's fucking dog shit. If you want my honest opinion, <laughs> I think it's just, it's honestly weird too. Like yeah. this college kid is just like the only part about this whole thing that I like in that run a girlfriend is that the characters are in college. So they're at least like supposedly cognizant human beings. Supposedly. Right. But instead he's, you know, paying for dates and women. And if you gave me the choice, I'd give it the band hammer. 
you know what? Thank you guys for coming to class. You have any Japanese trivia? We just, this whole episode yeah, of Japanese trivia. Yeah, this whole thing kind of was. So. so here's your Japanese trivia one. So yeah, a lot of stuff was covered. I mean, it was, the, you know, when you're talking about banned stuff and like real fringe topics, it can get a little dicey, but I mean, it's, anime has the ability to go to the edges and sometimes it goes too far. So, you know, if you want to go watch anything we talked about, good luck finding some of it. Yeah. I guess I'd, I guess if, if, like you said, if your morbid curiosity was peaked, we gave you a whole rundown of some banned shit across the world. Seek it out at your own risk. That's all I'm going to say. True. And if you do it, come into the Discord and tell us how it was for one down <laughs> up at patreon.com slash ecology. You can talk to all of our past guests and the lovely Patreon folk about all that dirty, dirty smut you'd be watching, my dude. It's like just all that gross banned shit. I'm assuming you're already at your keyboards sweating over to find. $3 and up gets you into the syllabus sidebar, our lo-fi high vibe, sometimes anime, sometimes not, sometimes visual, and sometimes on hiatus show where we talk about life and shit. And sometimes and on Hawaii. And sometimes <laughs> excursions, yeah. like Hawaii, because there's a certain story from that trip I would very much like to hear context for. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yep, like, comment, subscribe, anywhere you do that thing, all of the links to wherever you can find us can be in the description of wherever you're at. And you're already on the platform, my students, my babies. Go over. It's one click away. You can get the rest of the backlog and the catalog. We've been doing a lot of good shows lately. And we have a couple more in the pipeline that we I think we probably should do because the season just ended and the new season just started. So some shit is ready to be reviewed and analyzed. Oh, yeah. So I think that might be it. My gaming laptop is cooking my buns right now. <laughs> I am... I am uh, I am a sausage man right now. I'm basically a cooked steak. But until I can become less well done, I'm Ricky. And I'm Ethan. And this is Noebology. Deuces. Deuces. <laughs> I get these thighs of frying. Uh. <laughs>